I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm recording. Oh my God, so am I. I fucking hate Zoom. Okay, do you need to talk about it? No, I just am over it. It was really fun the first time. It was? No, that first time we had fun. Oh, Anna's birthday and we were like, this is fun. Okay. That was fun. It was like day one of Corona. Then it was no longer fun. And that came quickly. Immediately after that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Everything blows. Uh, Maybe it was last week that it hit me where I thought, shit, we're not getting out of this anytime soon. (laughs) It took you that long to realize? Remember how Sarah was explaining to us? How she felt. Yeah. Well, now I'm in the brain of Sarah. You're there. Not on such a uh-huh. level. Did you start drinking again? No, I haven't gone that <laughs> far yet. Although I do think about mezcal every <laughs> once in a while, and I figure that might actually taste good right now. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? Oh, God. Well, I'm excited about this episode. I am too. We've been talking about this for a while. Are we calling them episodes now? I just called it an episode. Remember, we were like, what are we doing? Now we're like, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's an episode. But yeah, I've been wanting to do this too. And I think in you know the perfect world, we could play snippets of our favorite songs and say, guess this tune. Well, that was our idea. We're like, okay, I'll play you my top 10 favorite songs. And you have to guess what it is. You have to guess what they are. We had a whole game figured out. And then we looked it oh. up and we're like, you can't play anything. It was unless like you a have- copyright <laughs> fucking nightmare. Which I would think you would have known because you're the musician. I don't know anything. What do I know? <laughs> All right, what was your first concert? Oh, you just really, you just went right in. Like, it almost scared me. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know. Warm me up a little, okay? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> don't you like just getting right to the point sometimes? Nah, that's a different podcast. It's a different episode. Oh, that's right. You like to dick around and like with a... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. To answer your question, <laughs> my first concert was at a state fair in Nebraska, because my friend Heather invited me to go with her. Does this count? And so I 
Well, is it the one, the first one I bought a ticket to? Because that's different. No, like the first concert you remember that, the first concert you remember. This is the one. This is it. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I take it all back. Sorry. We go to the Nebraska State Fair. We look at a bunch of cows, eat a bunch of cotton candy, and then you go inside the arena section of the State Fair and... Amy Graham was playing. <laughs> I used to love Amy Graham. Are you excited? What? <laughs> no, she had like what? some hit single in the early 90s. <laughs> well, if she did, I didn't fucking know any of them. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? Who is this? Sorry, Amy. <laughs> and I was not that old. She had one hit single. I think I know what it was because everyone got really excited. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Na, 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 my. Oh, okay. Well, that everyone Is went that bananas when she sang that. <laughs> I don't recognize that one. I love how excited you are because I've always been so bummed that that was my first concert. <laughs> I haven't heard the name Amy Grant since like 1991. <laughs> this was way before because I was a kid. Okay. Well, then maybe this was like the next hit single she had. Are you thinking of the right person? I don't know. I'm scared that you think it's a different Amy. I don't know. The 90s was such a time for uh, singles because that's when you could go into Sam Goody or something and buy the little cassette singles and the cardboard. You get the cassette tape. Right. Of course. And then it would have a B-side on the other exactly. side. Like a special, an addition. And I feel like my friend's mom had an Amy Grant single playing in a car and, and I heard it then. That had been stuck in her tape player for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But wait, is it Amy Grant? She's like, sorry, I can't get it out. It was like a Christian type thing. Right. It's like, it's on the vein of like Steve Winwood or something. You know, that like, bring me bring the me high, a high of, love. of love. Yeah. Oh, uh. I remember in freshman year of high school, our dorky religion teacher played Steve Winwood. And I remember her playing it at the beginning of the class and everyone had to sit there in silence at their desk and listen to this shit and she's sitting behind her desk just snapping her fingers <laughs> and then we all had to like you know write some sort of lame essay on what Higher love is. that song meant to us and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about it's fucking what meanwhile now you hear Stevie Winwood on the radio and you're like wow flashback and like you sing like, turn it up yeah you, like sing along and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, I know it's cheesy, but I love it. Oh, my God. Remember this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was your first concert, Kate? Well, I take a bit of pride in this. Mm. Although, actually, now I don't know if I should take pride in Careful. it. Careful. No, no. I'm genuinely... <laughs> when I when I say oh. who it was, I used to have such pride in this because it was such a, an important part of our, our lives at that time. But now... Was it fucking Madonna? No. Okay. I was going to be really jealous. It's bigger than Madonna. <gasps> But now I'm a bit ashamed. But I don't know if you're allowed to... I know who it is. ...be excited anymore. From what, how you're doing it. I know who it is. Who is it? It's got to be Michael Jackson. Exactly. Am I right? 100% right. It was a Thriller concert. That was my first concert. I was six years old. And my friend's father worked for a local newspaper, and he got tickets to go, and he had to review it, and he brought me because he knew that I was such a Michael Jackson fan. I still remember it to this day. It was one of the best nights of my life, but am I allowed to say that? I mean, don't ask me. I don't know. I mean, you can still, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know, Kate. I mean, he was such a huge part of our... He was everything. I cried, you know, when he was coming through Bellevue or Omaha. I was like, Dad, please, 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 please. And I wanted the jacket, and he was like, we're not... No, we didn't go. Right. I mean, we didn't have the money. It was an awesome 
concert. It was Thriller. Of course it was. I don't know if my folks had the money either. I just got the ticket through my friend's dad. Right. It was an awesome concert. So regardless, that was a monumental moment of my childhood was seeing, you know, my hero at the time. And it was also one of the first cassette tapes I got too. Thriller. My first cassette tapes, it was Michael Jackson, Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill, and, and Whitney Houston the orange cover. And how old were you when those were out? I just remember the boombox my dad got me. Being an only child, you have to uh, entertain yourself and your parents don't want to deal with you. And so we went on some family vacation and my dad said, if you're obedient for the two weeks that were away, get you a a boombox. It was smart. It was actually a really smart business. (laughs) And so I was on my best behavior and I got my boombox, and along with the boombox came some tapes, and those are the three tapes. And, and that's where I discovered like hip-hop and whatnot was from the Beastie Boys. But I don't remember how old I was. Before we go into your hip-hop years, do you... So, like, you're a musician. <laughs> as, if I, as if I had some sort of rap group. You treat me like I'm David Silver from 90210. <laughs> Since when did I ever perform music? Your hip-hop years it makes me laugh. Okay. So were cassette tapes, that's what you got? Like there were no albums anymore. There were no records. Not in a trendy way now, No, I understand. I'm talking about... No, uh, I get it. No, no, it was... And it wasn't CDs yet. It was tapes? It was not CDs yet. It was tapes, cassette tapes. Why? Did you have A-tracks? Was that your era? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) asshole. No. (laughs) I mean, my parents did have those in the car, but we grew up on records. Yeah. My first record was Sean Cassidy, Hey There, Lonely Girl, or Lonely Girl, I think it was called. And I'd play it over and over. I know. Hey there, lonely girl. And I was like, <laughs> and you know, looking back, he looked a lot like a lesbian does today. Oh, really? And you, yeah, <laughs> Google it for anyone who's wondering. No disrespect. No, just, I mean, just what an honor to look like a lesbian. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to show you. This is riveting radio. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Tell me more. It's almost more like Justin Bieber-y. Yeah. You see the the lesbian thing? He looks like my gym teacher from high school. (laughs) Well, it makes sense, though, why I was like, deep down, I was like, that's that's him. That's my my man. (laughs) But it's my woman later. I remember when I discovered Madonna, though. Okay. It was a Saturday morning, and I was waiting for my cartoons to start, and Madonna's Material Girl came on MTV, and that was the first time I remember seeing a music video and just being, like, jaw-dropped, like, in shock of who this person was. I think my obsession with Michael Jackson began to fade, and my obsession with Madonna started to rise. Yes, I had a very similar thing happen to me. And my friend also became obsessed with Madonna, and I used to have trouble understanding, pronunciating in uh, in music, and I still do. We would used to have a fight with my friend and I, was it Material Girl or Cheerio World? And we would have like knockdown. That's adorable. No, like knockdown, drag out fucking fights over which one it was. Like serious, like hardcore oh fights. What camp are you in? It was Cheerio World until I realized that all the lyrics were in like the little pamphlets and the cassettes. And then I looked it up and I said, no, it's Material Girl. <laughs> However, my friend hadn't seen that and she was defiant and stubborn and refused to listen to me. And that's where I got frustrated. Like knockout fights. And there you had the proof the whole time. I had the it proof. It was right there in your hand. Yeah. 
Exactly. I remember seeing Lucky Star with, with Madonna, and that's when I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Like your head popped off. Oh, yeah. There was a point where I could, uh, I could have... She's so amazing. The way I can recite Jaws, there was a time where I could have recited that Madonna Truth or Dare documentary verbatim as well. Because I mm-hmm. watched that on repeat when I was a young teenager. It's funny that we have crossover music references or, you know, similarities when I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> but in a pop culture way, that stuff changes. I mean, yeah. like year to year. So like a good five-year gap, you're in different worlds. Michael Jackson and Madonna kind of like thread us to- right. together. And then I think you and I, our tastes dovetailed. <laughs> Hmm? Yes, they did. Or they do. Or they did. Yeah. I appreciate the country music. Well, thank you. And by the way, you should because it's the greatest music ever. I'm going to disagree on that. But I'm going to appreciate Okay, but I did. Okay. And again, I thank you so much for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is just a, like a love of mine. It's not the only kind of music I listen to. When I met you, I had no idea like country music. I feel like this is something you fell into in the last... Maybe 10 years? Oh, God, no. Really? No. You always liked it. I've always loved it. Mm. When music was like, oh, it's starting to like affect me. I was in New York, 17. And back then, it was like 10,000 Maniacs thing. And Sinead O'Connor was like, you couldn't talk to me without getting through the day without me bringing up Sinead O'Connor. And like she had the shaved head. And I was like coming out of the closet. Right. The greatest. And like you'd turn the lights down. With your Christmas lights hung in your apartment, and it's a, I remember it, Dublin in a rainstorm, okay. sitting in a long dress in the summer, and you're like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was feeling myself with Sinead O'Connor. I love Sinead O'Connor. No, but like, country has always been like a staple, sort of through my entire life. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. If it makes sense to you, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and I can go into my country loves, but, but I'm just letting you know that I do have a different side to me. And although you like to just think that I'm, ding, you know, like with my pickup truck and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was, there was some country I used to like. My cousin got me into George Jones. It stopped there, but I, I appreciate right. George. Does that not count? It all counts. It all counts. If we're going to like pick who's cooler right now, it's you win. And I'll, get, and I'll let you win right now. But I'm not trying to win anything. No, I know. <laughs> but what's a win? No, I know you're not trying to win, but like I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily like the coolest music person walking around. Who fucking around. cares if it's cool or not? If you like it, you like it. I could care oh. less. Like, I don't okay. think that matters. All right. Like, I think now people who are trying to be cool are the lamest people in the world, and the people who are themselves are the coolest. So let your country flag fly, Leash. <laughs> but not the bad flag. Not that shitty fucking not flag. Not that bad country flag. My country music flag. Fly- oh, fuck. <laughs> When I was a kid, I liked soundtracks. Oh. Before really anything, I really liked soundtracks. Like which ones? I loved the Stand By Me soundtrack. Mm, that was a good one. That's where I got into like bebop and like the 50s music. And I discovered Buddy Holly and uh, Bobettes. And- like Dirty Dancing must have been one for you. I fucking love the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Uh, it's the best music. What was that one where they were where they were talking to each other like, come here, boy? What was that? Hey, Mickey. Yeah. How do you call your lover boy? Oh, no. Oh, lover boy. Oh, lover girl. Yeah. I mean, like composers like James Horner and John Williams and Hans Zimmer. I really liked. Oh, my God. Look at you go. The scores that 
that were in movies. You would put that on in your bedroom? I would buy the albums. Right, but you would sit there and play it like... Yeah, I'd listen to it. Classical. That's amazing. Oh, I grew up listening to classical music because of my folks, so I was used to listening to it. That's a good question. What would they play? What would they play around the house? Classical. Really? All day long. From morning to night, it was classical music. Sometimes jazz. Wow. But normally classical. That's amazing. And if I was in the car with my dad going somewhere, we would listen to either the Stand By Me soundtrack or like the Beatles or the, like the Rolling Stones. So he had that side to him, but they really loved classical. My parents, it was John Denver, Joan Baez, Joni Mitchell. Oh God, what's her name? I feel the earth move. And yeah, Carol, Carol King, King all the time. They were like overgrown hippies. You know that stuff influences us. Like what our parents play. You think so? Has to. I suppose. I mean, you were buying soundtracks. Actually, you could be right. I, I just love a film score. What about The Bodyguard? I also feel like you would have loved that. With Whitney Houston? Yes. It's sacrilege not to like Whitney Houston. Of course I loved Whitney Houston. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm talking about the score. Right. Like the, like the, the, the composers and like his orchestra that are like building the feelings behind all of it. That's what I always really liked. I love that. It sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. I think it's really cool. I didn't know that about you. Have you ever seen the movie Willow? No. Oh, what are you doing? It's such a good movie. Willow? What is it? I don't know it. It's sort of like in the vein of Lord of the Rings. When I was younger, that was one of the first soundtracks that I really enjoyed. (laughs) The fucking score. But then I'd also hear like rock songs in certain films. Like I discovered Pat Benatar from The Legend of Billie Jean. Have you seen that one? Of course I have. And the Pat Benatar song, Invincible, like that was my jam as well. And it took me years to figure out who sang that because Google didn't exist back then. And you had to wait for the credits (laughs) roll in the movie and then just like stare at the screen to see if like any one of these songs looked familiar. But like that's where I discovered Pat Benatar. Do you know that I thought I had lost my sister because of Pat Benatar, like life took on a different form. I walked to my sister's bedroom. She was two and a half years older than me, or is. The Pat Benatar Get Nervous album was yeah. leaned up on her desk, and she has a straight jacket on, and her hair is all spiky. And I was like, "What's happened to Kadra? Like she, like she knows things. She knows things that I don't know." Life is like, where's where's life going? It was like a really big moment for me. I'll never forget it. Like she became the coolest person. You're like the little boy in Almost Famous. You don't remember the movie Almost Famous where like the little boy. Yeah, but I don't remember what you're talking about. Gets all the records from his older sister and his like world opens up when he sees all the records she left behind him. And that's like, and that starts oh, his Oh, really? Journey. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it blows your mind because you're still a kid, but your sister becomes a teenager. And it's a very profound experience. But yeah, Pat Benatar, that album cover. I have to say, when I got my first boombox and I got my three tapes of Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and the Beastie Boys, my dad was not in the know with music. I always wondered who got me the Beastie Boys. You can't ask your mom? She wouldn't know. Are you kidding? Maybe it was like a cousin. She's like the memory of a fruit fly right now. Like, she's not going to remember that. Maybe they heard, maybe they asked someone like, oh, who, what are the kids listening to Maybe, but like the Beastie Boys were like this underground, up and coming, what is this? Mm -hmm. I don't know where on earth my dad found the Beastie Boys tape, but thank God he did because then he, that introduced me to my, my, my hip hop obsession. Your hip hop years. So tell me about that. I just like hip hop music. I always have, but I like nineties hip hop. I know that's what I mean. You're very specific. Honestly, I'm going to stand by this. I think the nineties is like the best decade of music. Really? Come on. Leisha 
Well, for hip hop, maybe. Seriously. Not for music. No, not just for hip hop. Nirvana, Bjork, and then hip hop. That's when I discovered like Tribe Called Quest and Nas and Wu Tang and, and, and BIG. And that like blew my head open. That's the decade of music that I absolutely love that I can listen to all day long. But there was some really shitty music in the 90s too. Yeah. But there were great bands in the 70s and great bands in the 80s. I don't disagree. I'm just saying. But I think it's because you were a teenager in the 90s. So that's when it you were. Formed. But you had Sinead O'Connor in the 90s, and you just said it rocked your socks. Yeah, but so did Bjork. She was 90s too. She was in the Sugar Cubes prior to that. Yes, yes. But like Post was in the 90s. Yeah, Post was the first album I heard of hers. Oh my God, Tori Amos. Remember Tori Amos? Yeah, see, that's where I get a little like the whole Lilith Fair thing. I love so much. Tori Amos is not Lilith Fair. Kate, did she play it? I don't think she played I don't know anything about this Lilith Fair business, but... No, but don't... You're not going to sit here and diss Lilith Fair, are you? I don't know anything about Lilith Fair. Well, where were you when that was happening? I don't know. I only heard of it when I met you. What? So clearly nowhere near it. Leash, I was a fucking teenager. But that's when you would go there. Where the fuck is Lilith Fair? <laughs> where the fuck was, where was Lilith it Fair? It was a tour, Kate, and it went everywhere. <laughs> Wait, so Sarah McLaughlin was never on your radar? Oh my God, Sarah McLaughlin. I fucking love Sarah McLaughlin. Fumbling towards ecstasy. She fucking founded the thing. It was hers. Founded it where? Where the fuck was this thing? It was a traveling <laughs> What's musician wrong show. With you? It was a fucking festival? Yes. It was a festival. I don't, well, listen, it never rolled through Philly. I can tell you that right yes. now. Yes. It was the first women only music festival that toured. Well, they ignored Philly because I saw. There's no way. Right hand to God. Little Fair never rolled through my neck of the woods. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it's not true, but I love you so much. Leisha, if it was, I would probably have gone if Sarah McLaughlin and Tori Amos I were I know there. you would have gone. Remember Paula Cole? Where have all the cowboys yeah. gone? <laughs> Where have the all the And she used to spank gone. herself. She used to spank herself. Yeah, with her tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was all right. A little one. It was eh, not, my, not my scene. Not exactly my scene. Wasn't she the girl who sang on the um, Dawson's Creek? Sorry, I just remembered that part. I don't yeah. want to wait. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, no. yeah, that wasn't my you would never hear a voice like that on the radio today. <laughs> I saw Tori Amos in concert twice when I was a teenager, and she blew my fucking mind because she would always play at the piano yeah. barefoot. And she'd turn sideways. Yeah, she'd sit right on the corner edge of the bench and manage to like stretch her arms all the way across the entire keyboard of this like, you know, baby grand piano and mm-hmm. oh, oh, she blew my mind. But Sarah McLaughlin did the same thing and she was hot as fuck. She had little bedroom eyes. She'd wear like blue eyeshadow and she kinda look out with like her eyes half masked and like you were just like Ugh. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> I really liked the album. And when I had to audition for things, you ever do that thing back in the day early on where like they'd ask you to sing and you're like, well, no, it's easy for you because you can sing. But for me, I'm like, fuck, I can't fucking sing, but I have to fucking sing to get out of this room. So it would either be Sarah McLaughlin's Ice Cream or Patsy Cline Walking After Midnight. Patsy Cline, thank you very much for bringing her up, is one of my all-time favorite country singers. Love Patsy Cline. Okay. That's country. I'm not knocking the country leash. Oh, feel def- like country defensive. No, I mean I could take I could take on like the hip hop defensive, but I'm not. I just know it's not your style. Although you've liked what I've played before, I love what you play. What I, here's what it makes me feel stupid, because I don't 
know a lot of hip hop and I feel dumb because very popular hip hop song will come on and everyone's like, yeah, and like everyone does every word and they know everything about it. And I'm like the only one who doesn't. It's made me feel really stupid my whole life. Who cares? But I love it. I just want to sing along. See, you dance. So I'll, yeah, but I want to be one of the people who gets to like do the whole thing. Oh, that's it. I tried to give you a hip hop course. Remember? I do. I, remember, I'd give you lessons, and I'd say, mm-hmm. "Who's this?" And I'd always say, "I don't know." Right? <laughs> and you'd say, "I don't know," but you'd say, "I like this song," and I go, "Yes, it's a good song." And then I'd play like, a B side that maybe wasn't so well known. Oh, I'll dance the night away when you DJ. Like I couldn't be happier. Yeah, because I play old hip hop. But I bet this is like the stuff that you heard throughout living in New York and. It it might sound somewhat familiar. Well, see, that's the thing. In New York, I was like, I was smoking pot, you know, hanging out with drag queens, and I was in a whole different. It just wasn't around me. The music. Were you into delight? Yes, me too. I saw them play at Wigstock in Thompson Square Park. I went to her concert for that album. She did Dewdrops in the Garden mm-hmm. in 1995 at some Manhattan club or something in New York. I was 17, maybe. That's when I first smoked a cigarette and I got high from the nicotine. And I saw her play, and I used to love delight. Love. Yeah. What's her name? Lady Miss Cure. Yeah. That's her name. Did you ever get into Riot Girl music? Mm-mm. But wait, what's Riot Girl? Well, I don't know. There's very like deep Riot Girl music. I was a big Sleater Kinney fan. I used to play that stuff like in Vancouver. Remember we'd like drive around and play each other's songs? Okay. Like the woods. Like I was like, oh my God. Like, Riot Girl, it was like, it was punk, right? No, it's not punk. Okay. Well, then what is it? I don't know. It's just alternative. You get to scream. It's the music I've always wanted to be in. Okay. Okay. You just lost me. I don't want to hear screaming in music. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear any of that. But it's melodic screaming. Like, dig me out. No, I, 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 I don't know. I need a rhythm. Like, give me a rhythm. Give me it a It has rhythm. Take me on a journey. I think my issue with punk music is that, and I don't knock it, it's not audibly stimulating for me. Take me on a journey song, whatever you are. I did notice when we were first becoming friends and we would play each other's songs, there was a similarity to the songs you were playing. And this is at the time. Like, there was always like a... Beep, 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 mm-hmm. to your, the music you would play me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> like you used to play like Phoenix. Oh, I used to love Phoenix. But do you know what I'm talking about? It's like... Yeah. It's like that. And I was like, huh. And it yeah. had a, like, a, like a through line. I like a through line. So tell me, what is Riot Girl then? Am I the only person of our age group who's so tapped out on this like who are the bands of riot well, like Girl? bikini kill would be like one of the greatest all-time examples i, I like luscious jackson luscious jackson was great does that not count i mean i love Where them nothing is divine naked is a state of eye i take my it's not time. riot girl music but i don't know people might yell at me about that well i'm probably gonna get yelled at for this because i don't know shit about riot girl it's basically like it's just the greatest like high energy guitar driven Fucking banging on the drums. But who are the band? L7 would be one. I know L7. Does that count? Oh, you did? So there you go. I loved L7. I took you to a Pixies concert. That was amazing. That was another band that I loved growing up. That was fun, right? Remember how polite the audience was in Vancouver? Oh, totally. (laughs) We were like, wow. Meanwhile, they're expecting everyone to like start like jumping up and down. They were like, clap, 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 clap. Silence. Waiting for the next song. (laughs) Bam. Follow us on Twitter at the Pants Pod. If you-
like us, leave a review on iTunes. We'll read every single one of them. You can email us at pantspodcast at yahoo.com. We'll answer a few questions every week. Rachel Shirley is our editor and producer in the UK. Theme song by Carolina Parra. Graphics by Love Fox. Pan.